Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Good morning. That's my testing mic. One, two, one, two. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good to see you all today. Yeah. By his grace, we are still here. And we are alive and you know, in good health. Okay, this morning we want to bring to you a message based on what you know, we are hearing in the house you know, about changing lives, about being a move, responding to uh, where the house is going. Um, the title of our message is in his, in his Image and Likeness. One thing we need to know is as Christians, we need to walk, move according to his likeness. The way Christ, or what Christ did, or how he lived, we need to re- replicate him because we are his people and we are continuing what he came to do. He says that the things that he did will do and even do more. So that is where we're coming from. And out of this, we want to talk about responding to the call. Our text uh, scripture is from Matthew chapter 22, 14, which is, For many are called, but few are chosen. But for this message, we would like to read from verse 1 to 14 so that we get a good picture of what is going on. So Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 to 14. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls, the fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his message and insulted them and killed them. Then the king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servant, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. 
most of the time when we hear the story, it's mostly relating to you know, taking the call of Christ out to the people out there and bringing them into the kingdom of God. This morning, we want to apply it to ourselves within the house of God and how we also respond once we've been brought into the kingdom. How do we respond to the various invitations that God is calling us to, to partake of him? Amen. Amen. So we want to kind of make it relevant to our house and what is happening to our house at this moment. Amen. Amen. He says, for many are called, but few are chosen. What is a calling? There are so many definitions of calling, but we are taking us from um, the scripture we just read. Is that in the in the context of the great feast, it was an invitation that was made at that particular season. You know, there's, there's, there are times and there are seasons, and each particular time, each particular particular season has its own calling or its own you know, relevant need of people. Hallelujah. So when you look at this uh, scripture, it was an invitation. He you know he threw a banquet and then he invited people to come for the feast. Relating it to our present stage, uh, our, our present time in the church, we realize that we are being recommissioned to go and to make a change in the city, in, the, in, in our community. So that's an invitation. And I believe it's been, we are all being invited to it, isn't it? Yeah. The invitation has been called to everyone. Pastor stands here and preached to everyone. And that is the invitation. That is the calling. And you realize that it says many are called. When God calls, he calls, no, he calls as many as possible because you realize that naturally it's not everybody that responds. Naturally. But we have, we've all been given that opportunity to be part of the calling. It's not just the recommission. We've been invited to do prayer work. Do you remember? To do prayer work. There are so many things going on at, in this season and we've all been invited but when we ask ourselves, are we responding to what is being put to us? What is the calling? The calling is what is happening in the house now. It's what we are being asked to do. What the Lord is asking us to do. And how, how we see the calling will determine how we respond to it. So what does it mean to respond? A simple dictionary definition says that this is a reaction to something. To say or do something as a reaction to something that has been said or done. Amen. Mm. It says that many are called, but few are chosen. So the thing that we were contemplating is what sets the many apart from the chosen. There is something that those that were chosen were doing that those that were in the many were not doing. So what was it? And we kind of narrowed it down to the response. Now, this type of response that sets the chosen apart from the many, it's not just a light response. It's not just saying okay to what's being said. We just kind of put this together. So you probably won't find this anywhere. I mean, the totality of it, but it's not a lip service, 
but a deep internal desire that is followed by a willingness to act. You can't separate this. You know, if you have just a lip service, it's not going to work. It's not a response. You're not going to translate from the many to the chosen. If you just have eternal good feeling about it, what Pastor is saying is really, I like this prayer walk idea. It really resonates with my spirit. I really like the idea. It's, yeah, it's really good. If you just go with that, it still doesn't translate you from the many to the chosen. It has to be followed, not just by an action. It has to be a willingness to act. It has to be something that nobody is forcing you to do. It's something that you want to do because you want to respond to what you've been called to. And so these three sections of this has to go together. It can't be just a lip service. It has to be something deep-seated within our heart, within our spirit. Because deep calleth unto deep. God is a spiritual person. He's a spirit. So as he's calling us from the spirit, we cannot just do it on the flesh or on the soul. It has to be something that comes from the spirit. And that should move us into action. When the Holy Spirit, if you allow the Holy Spirit to come, come into you to kind of take over, you have no option than to act, to obey, to follow, to respond. Amen? Okay, continue with the response. Um, when we look at the scripture we just read, we realize that uh, when the, those who were invited to the feast when, uh, were called upon to come, you know, the invitation, uh, when, you look at, when you read it, you realize that most of them were giving excuses. Most of them were giving excuses, and some say, I have to go and plow my land, I have to marry, I have to do this, I have to do that. And you realize that in every situation, in every uh, sphere of life, there's always something that can hinder you from pursuing the, you know, the call of God or the will of God. There are so many things that can obstruct or that can come your way, that can hinder you from you know, responding to the call of God. And that is one thing we have to guard upon, you know, we guard against. Because things of God needs to be done. And we have to do it. We've been chosen, you know, we've been called into his house to be a workforce. Not to just sit, you know, to be a workforce. So that we can also, you know, affect the lives of others. And then those who come in can also affect the lives of others. Okay, let's go to the um, types of response. And I'll explain more there. You realize that uh, there are different types of response based on the scripture we read. Those who wouldn't even listen to what um, the call is. Those who even cut the um, servants and beat them up. Those who gave excuses and so on. And based on this, we want to uh, touch on a few things. There are different types of responses. Yeah. There are um, the non-starters. There are people who hear the call or the invitation, but nothing. This can even be related to the parable of the sower, you know, where the seed is sown. Some falls on the thorny ground, fertile ground, and so on. And you realize that there are these non-starters, those who will not start at all. The non-finishers, there are people who will start, but never finish anything. There are some people, they never finish anything. Oh, yeah, they, they, they will come with all the energy and the excitement, but halfway through the line, 
or through the task, they just fall off. There are also um, those who hear and want to hear more, always want to hear more, but never start anything. Yeah, they always want, want more explanation. Why this? Why that? Why should we? Why shouldn't we? Why should we? No, they always want to hear more. You have to explain everything before they can even think about starting. And then they are the all outers, those who just go out and then, you know, just as soon as they hear, they, you know, they just go all out and then perform their task. Um, so just a, a bit more on, on that point in that, you know, the, especially the tell me mores, the tell me mores, there are two types of tell me mores. Those that, like Raphael said, want to hear more and more and more and never do anything with it. But then there are those that are genuinely want to understand. There are those that genuinely want, you know, they, they don't just don't want to do it, but they want to understand. And that is also a good place to be. But the difference is that once you get that understanding, and you're supposed to move on to actually doing something with that understanding. And then once you're doing that, you're translating yourself into the all-outers. And the all-outers are the ones that literally takes the scripture that says that um, obedience is better than sacrifice. Those are the ones, you know, it's not that they are stupid or it's not that they don't know what to do with their life and with their time. But these are those that really want to be committed to the Father's work. And it doesn't matter when, they, as, as long as they feel within their spirit that this is what God is saying, that this is what the Holy Spirit is saying, that is this. That's all they need, the witness in their spirit. And even if they haven't got all the answers or all the solutions or they don't know how they're going to do it, they have faith that God is going to bring them through. These are the all-outers. So the question that we're asking ourselves is, where am I? I'm asking myself, where am I? If I'm a non-starter, then I can start progressing to coming towards the all-outer. Be an all-outer. We all have the opportunity to translate from the many to the chosen. If I was, I don't know, if I was the, let's say, the governor of this church, <laughs> and I had, you know, I had something that I needed people to do. So if I had... Um, you know, let's say I have a, a green agenda and I come out and I call everyone and invite everyone to join me in fulfilling this green agenda. And I say, it's going to make our community clean. We're going to have good um, environment, good air. You know, we're going to be healthy. We're going to have healthy internal organs and everything. And it's such a, a good thing that we want to do. If I throw it all out, and only just a few respond. So if I tell you that those that don't respond, those that don't come and join me in my green agenda are all part of the many. Those that actually respond and do something to help with that green agenda become my chosen. Now, they don't just become a chosen, but as the governor, if something happens that I want my best people to put them into that position, who is it going to be? It's going to be those that I have chosen. Amen. And sometimes that is the same way with our father. Sometimes we don't want to do everything, but we want to benefit fully from what God has for us. But it doesn't work with it doesn't work like that. So 
the Bible says that if you are faithful in little, you will be entrusted with much. And that is when you are really making your move into becoming chosen. Amen. Okay, we continue with it. Response comes after the call. You know, to every action, there's a reaction. Um, and when there's a call upon our lives, there has to be a response. There has to be a response to it. And based on this, we want to look at a few scenarios in the Bible. And uh, we, we, we take the life of Jesus. Realize that when there was a calling, our Lord Jesus Christ obeyed and then came uh, into the world and changed lives. He responded to the calling, took an action, came, and then changed lives. He says that uh, he went through places preaching, teaching, healing, and relating to people. He died on the cross, rose up again, and by that we have our redemption. Amen. Isn't it? By that we have redemption. Just think about it. If he decided not to do it, where would he have been? Sometimes we, we don't know. You never know the life you will affect and what that life will become in future. So if you don't act upon it, you don't know the blockages or the, what you are hindering in, the, you know, in, in, in somebody's life. So when we look at the life of Jesus, he responded to the call. Um, can we see uh, John chapter 6, verse 38 to 39? It says that, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, mm-hmm. but to do the will of him who sent me. Amen. And this is the will of, of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up as at the last day. Hallelujah. So he had a mission. He knew what he was about. Yeah. Normally when the calling comes, being troops, uh, troops in boots, whatever it is, or prayer work, you never know the outcome of it. Till you do it, we have to take action. And when we take action, because... God knows the end from the beginning. And based on that, he, you know, he, he brings it to us that do this, do that. And it comes through our leaders. You know, our leaders. So when they come with the word of God, that, oh, God wants us to do this as a house. The response is very important. So we realize that Jesus came and fulfilled his mission. He did not hesitate. One thing we have to realize is that he did not hesitate. And sometimes hesitation comes when there's a calling or when, when there's response to a task that needs to be done. Hesitation based on maybe fear or maybe so many, so many different things. But there's hesitation. But one thing we have to know is that if we want to imitate Christ, then hesitation has to be out of our lives. Amen. Because it just delays process. It just delays you know, what needs to be done. Hallelujah. He did, he did only what the Father was doing or has sent him to do. That's one crucial, uh, one, one important thing in response. Where, when we've been asked to do something, we do what the Father has sent us to do. Yeah. Not going off tangent. I remember, was it last week or last two weeks, Pastor was talking about shift and drift. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to drift. Mm. Very easy to drift without you even knowing. Mm-hmm. You think you're on course, but you're drifting away. And that is one thing we have to be aware of. That we stay focused on what the Father wants us to do. What the, you know, what the, the message that has come, the calling that has come. Are we in line? When, when you look at uh, soldiers, 
troops in boots, soldiers who are now on a mission, they follow orders. You can't go. You can't go and do your own thing, isn't it? You can't go and do your. You have to follow orders, because something goes wrong. They have the way. The way you know. The way they they will handle you. But in Christ Jesus, we have to you know be in line with what Christ wants us to do, and what that's what Christ did, because He set an example for us, so that we follow the same example. If we follow the same line, yeah. And He stayed focused in difficult times. You realize that. So many times Christ was tempted by the devil, by was tempted by the people, by was te- even at a point where he prayed, Father, if this be let this cup pass over me. Difficult times will come as we move out. Difficult times will come as we try to do the work of God. But can we stay focused? We need to stay focused. That's the only thing we can do. Stay focused and believe that he who has sent us is faithful to complete his work in us, Amen. through us. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. And he kept the main thing, the main thing. He kept, he knew what he was about. We have to know what we are about. When the word comes and you don't understand, go to the elders. Now ask for more understanding. If you want more understanding, know what you are about. Don't think that, oh, they said maybe, maybe this is what they say. So let me do this. Do you know what you are about? Do you know what the father's business is? Knowing what the father's business is or knowing what the main thing is, you do what the main thing requires you to do. Um, so just one, one thing to say about he kept the main thing, the main thing. I think for us, you realize that although Jesus came for one thing, to redeem us, to save us, he came to go to the cross. That was his main purpose. But you realize that he did a lot of different things. In all those things, he did not lose focus. He kept the mission, the same mission. So for instance, he went to a wedding. <coughs> he turned water into wine, but that didn't make him lose focus. He didn't stay in the wedding mood forever. You know, he didn't stay, stay in that joyous mood and just partying mood forever. You know, he met the woman at the well, and through just simple conversation, he still made the main thing the main thing, which is the thing he came for. He touched the life of that woman, and that led to some ripple effects. So in our lives as well, you realize that our lives take us in different directions. We have family, we have work, we have friends, we have the government, we have different things. And even now we have coronavirus. You have, you know, there are so many things that has the potential to take us off track. But just like Jesus did, we have to keep the main thing, the main thing. Even in the dealing of the issues and problems and difficulties and families, and we still have to keep the main thing, the main thing. We should not lose focus and move to, because that is one thing. As long as we are in this world, there will be distractions that will come from the left, from everything, attack on your body. You know, that's not news for us. But we should have some confidence and some hope and make the main thing the main thing. You can do this to the devil in your face. You can do anything you want to do with me, but I'm going to keep the main thing the main thing. The good thing is it's not out of our own strength. We don't have to do it out of our own strength. God is there to help us. Jesus is there to help us. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. And the three together is bigger than anything. Amen. That we can ever face or have to contend with.
Okay, we continue with our response. Um, another character in the Bible we want to have a look at is Noah. You know, when I saw this, I remembered uh, <laughs> Noah's luck. <laughs> Noah's luck, yeah. And um, you realize Noah was another uh, character in the Bible that you know, God spoke to, to and gave him instructions. And he also responded to the instructions. When you look at uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 to 22, God called Noah and asked him, or gave him instructions of things to do, or to build an ark. And God, with that, there were specifications. Build this, this dimension, build that dimension, do this. Realize that that was a huge instruction for Noah. And it was something that has not been done before. Yeah. Being told to build a ship, or a boat, or an ark on a dry land. You know, it's, it's like people see and they say, you are weird. And that how, that's how it is these days. Sometimes you want to do the things of God and you look weird. weird. <laughs> if that's the word. You look weird in the eyes of many or in the world's eyes. But the things of God are different from the other things of the world. But our response to it has to be according to what God wants us to do. Not what the world thinks. Or what the people think. Because you realize that when Noah was building the ark, so many people came and was mocking him. Yeah. We're making so, many, so much fun of him. Yeah. That how can you be building a, you know, an ark on a dry land? How this, how that, how that. But he stayed focused. Mm. You realize that no matter what they threw at him, he stayed focused. He could have just yeah. said, forget about this. No. <laughs> I don't even see a cloud. I don't see anything. How can I be? What's, what's the sense in this? And that's how sometimes it looks like. The things of God. Do we want to listen to the word or you know, the, 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 the instructions of God and follow through? Or we want to um, think about things around us, you know, what people are saying, you know, because the world always thinks differently. Yeah, the things of God looks like foolish things in the eyes of the world. Yeah. Hallelujah. But I realize that Noah, so Noah did. Uh, when you read uh, Genesis chapter 6:22, it says that so Noah did exactly everything exactly as God has commanded him. So he did it exactly as God has commanded him. And that is one thing we want to bring to us. No matter what the calling is in our lives for, for the house, you know, individually, as a church, anything, we need to do exactly as God has commanded us. Amen. Because that is what God requires from us. So he realized that Noah did things Exactly as God, you know, without argument and so on. You know, sometimes you can think, the thoughts can come, you know, the thoughts will come, but that's why sometimes you have to go to the Lord in prayer for more understanding, for clarity. You know, his, his word says we should always ask. We should always seek. So when the understanding is not there as you want, you can ask God, ask him, Lord, give me more clarity. Give me more understanding. Hallelujah. We just have to continue in obedience. Obedience is very necessary in whatever we do. Obedience. Because without obedience, it's difficult to you know, carry out the task. And also not lose, lose focus. When Noah was being distracted by you know, the things around him, the people around him, he never lost focus. He still knew what the Lord was, was requiring from him, the dimensions, everything, and build 
or did things exactly as the Lord had instructed him. And he still followed through to completion. Earlier on, I told, uh, we talked about uh, the non-starters or the people who start and never finish anything. Noah's continued to uh, completion. And realized, we know the story of Noah. If you don't know, Noah built an ark on a dry land and after he finished, the Lord asked him to bring in species into the uh, ark to preserve some of the creatures. And after that, there was a flood. There was a rain and there was a flood. And you realize that when he finished his task to completion, God also did what he wanted to do. So God has brought his word to us. He has, he's asking us to do something. So we finish that task. When we, fin- or when we go through with what he has asked us to do to completion, he also acts because he knows what he wants to do. He knows what he wants to bring into Drawsden. He knows what he wants to bring to the Dream Center. Until mm-hmm. so we follow through to, the, to completion, it might be difficult for him to also bring that into so, Ralph made quite a good point there about um, weirdness. And I just remembered that uh, we, went, we went on our prayer walk yesterday. And do you know how weird you look when there's two people walking and just walking and not like talking to each other for minutes? You know, if you were following us, and you see these two people walking for a long time and not say something to each other, that is weird. <laughs> That's weird. So I was just kind of trying to imagine that situation. And so every now and then, I'll just say something to him just to prove that we, we're good. <laughs> we're not act- we've not actually fallen out. We've not actually fallen out and decided we're going to go out for a walk <laughs> to clear it all up. Yeah, to cool off. So, we're, you know, we're going to, on the same walk to cool off. Yeah. So we're not going to talk on that walk. So that's a bit weird. So, and it just kind of talks about Noah. It talks about not changing the plan. So God gave Noah specific measurements. You know, length, breadth, height, everything. Even to how many animals to go in. Those were specific, but Ralph's make that, Ralph makes that point that God knows what he wants to do. And so if you change the plan, you know, you are quite in danger of trying to change the outcome. Of course, we know that God is God. He's God. He's sovereign. And he can always, he knows how to turn something that's going awfully bad into something good. And, you know, it's, hap- it's happened in my life. So I know what I'm talking about. But, but irrespective of that, that shouldn't give us the, the, the free check to be changing God's plans that he's giving us. Um, and so that's quite important. The other thing as well is that, you know, people may not understand your context. So when Noah was building the ark on dry land, you know, people came and mocked him. And Noah could have stopped what he was doing and try to explain to them why he was building the ark. But would he have made any difference to them? No, he wouldn't. Would he have stopped them to, uh, caused them to stop mocking at him? No, it won't, because we have people in real life like that. It doesn't matter what you tell them, why you're doing what you're doing. They will still mock, they will still laugh, they will still say that you are crazy. So Noah was very wise, 
not to stop and explain why he was, what, what he was doing. It is not our job, it is not our job to explain to people what God is asking us to do. And Pastor Tony says something that, you know, if, if some, as, we, as we're going out and we're doing things, if somebody asks us, you know, just continue to do what, they don't understand our context. They don't know why, why we are doing what we're doing. So sometimes you come, you come across that, but don't let that move you. Continue with the plan that God's given us. Okay, we continue with another character in the Bible. Realize that we looked at the life of Jesus. We look at the life of uh, Noah. There's another uh, interesting character in the Bible. That's uh, Jonah. That's another type of response that we want to have a look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, realize that Jonah 3, uh, 1, 3. It says that, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the, that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. When you read about the, um, the life of Jonah or the story about Jonah, you realize that the Lord spoke to him and asked him to perform a task. And Jonah decided to run away. He's another character. He decided to run away. Oh, I can't do this. Let me just run away from the Lord. And how easy it is to run away from the Lord who is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so he decided to run away. But you realize that with the life of Jonah, because he didn't listen to you know, the call upon his life and try to do his own thing or try to go the other way, he caused problems for, for people around him. He caused problems for himself, people around him, and even caused problems for the will. <laughs> to say. And that is what sometimes happens, where you realize that because you are disobeying what God wants you to do, things are happening in your life. Things are happening around you. And you won't understand. And you start blaming God for what is happening around you. Hallelujah. But realize that that is another character that we need to look at and see what happened and see how we don't fall into that you know, kind of situation. Because these things are there for our, for our example to help us know how things happened to people that God called in the Bible, you know, and what happened when they did you know, they didn't listen to instructions, so that we learn from mistakes, isn't it? We learn from other people's mistakes. So sometimes God asks us what, in our opinion, seems difficult. Sometimes when God asks us to do something, it looks difficult for us. It looks unachievable, but he who sent us will give us the strength at every stage. Sometimes it might look difficult when you look at the end from the beginning. But when you start, you realize that each step, you build on something. You build on something. Maybe you don't know how to you know, in, engage with the community, engage with people. But you realize that when you start, something comes up. Like there was a time I was uh, with Irene in um, um, my unit. And we, you know, we're just doing a few things, and we met this guy. He was also um, helping my, my friend in the unit. And we wanted to talk to him. We, we just you know, chipped in. Oh, so which church do you go to? Then he said, oh, I don't go to church. Me, I finished with all this church business. So we said, okay. Um, so why are you saying that? So we, we try to engage him, you know. And that's part of, you know, 
wherever you find yourself, see there's an opening. There's an opportunity. So we try to engage him and bring him to that page of, you know, why are you having a problem with this church business? And he's, it's like something rose up in him. Oh, it became fearful. The way this guy was manifesting. But we had to, because we knew what we were about, we had to engage him, bring him to the page. Oh, we, we, at the end of the day, he, no, he came down and understood where we're coming from. But because of hurt and whatever has gone on, he had all that, you know, so many things mixed up in his, in his head. But you realize that when you follow the task or when you start, you could have just said, oh, this, the way this guy is behaving, let's back off. Let's leave him alone. But we, we, you know, we follow through to make sure he also has understanding of where we are also coming from, of where you know, God wants him to be. So realize that, let me go back to where I was. So Jonah tried to do things out of maybe frustration or out of thinking it's difficult, tried to run away from the Lord. But that's not the best way out. You have to go back to who has sent you and ask for strength, ask for understanding, ask for help, you know. As, you know, like Moses said, if your, your, your presence doesn't go with me, then I can't go. You know? yeah. we, that's what we need. Sometimes if we think it's difficult, we have to ask God for his presence yeah. as we go out. So that when you are talking to people, when you are relating to people, sometimes it might not be just preaching to them. Sometimes it might be a need that they need. That the Holy Spirit will you know, activate something in you to touch on what the person needs. Running away from the problem, from the task because you think it's difficult is not a solution. We don't need to go to the opposite direction. Sometimes it's very easy to go the opposite direction. He was, he was going to Tashish where, where when he was asked to go to Nineveh, and then we can become a problem. Sometimes there was a times this guy told me that uh, sometimes the church is itself a problem rather than being a solution to the environment to the community. The church becomes a problem. You know, you don't have to let your presence be a problem. You have to be the solution. God's eye, you know, start on it. We have to be the solution to people's problem. Hallelujah. And then uh, realize that based on Jonah's story, realize that there was delay. Thing that he could have done in a short time. It took him, he went rounds in circles and still had to come back to the same thing. And look at the number of Maybe it could be some number of years lost, number of days lost, you no. Know? But at the end of the day, time lost can never be regained. It's never too late. We can still respond and fulfill the purpose of God and be fruitful to his calling. We need to act to the core, to what he has asked us to do. Um, I think the only thing I want to add is you know, the, the key problem for Jonah was because he didn't agree with what God wanted him to do. He didn't think that the people of Nineveh needed saving. And sometimes we, we don't know we're doing it, but in our hearts we disagree with God, what God is asking us to do. Because for us, <laughs> we don't think that it's worth doing it. Or we don't see the purpose that, that serves us, us. Rather than thinking about God's purpose and God's plan. And God's purpose and God's plan is bigger than anything 
or anyone in this world. And the story of Jonah proves to us that it doesn't matter what we think, God's will and plans will be purpose, uh, sorry, purpose will be fulfilled. So I want to be on that side. <laughs> I want to be on the side that eventually, you know, it might look like I'm going round, but it, it comes, it will be fulfilled. I'm, I want to be on that side of fulfilling God's purpose. I don't want to go to the east when God's calling me to the west. Because from, from Jonah, it doesn't matter, I'll go round and maybe spend some time in, in the belly of a whale, which in itself is a, it's a type. We spend time doing the things that we're not going to be successful with. But for some reason, we fool ourselves thinking that we're going to make it. We're going to come through this. Whereas God is saying to us, no, Nineveh is where the call is, not in Tashish or not in the belly of the whale. So I think it's important for us to reflect that in my life, am I in the belly of the whale here? Because the belly of the whale also signifies stagnation. You move, you, it seems as if you're moving because the whale is moving and changing its location, but you are in the same place. You have a perception that you are making movement, but you're not. You are in the same place. And we have to ask ourselves that, am I in the same place, perhaps? And the, the, the restoration of, of Jonah's story is that he had, God gave him the wisdom to repent. So repentance is in this, in this is not, and for us, it's not just about sin, but it's also repenting from going to the east instead of the west. And still thinking that you are doing something that God is calling you to do, but you are very far away from where God wants us to do. And the Bible says that we should measure ourselves so that nobody measures us, so that we know our own state and that we can make those corrections with God's help. We can be, we'll be able to come back. And the story ends that he's, he went and the people of Nineveh were changed. They repented. Their lives, you know, their lives were changed. So although Jonah didn't want to go because he didn't think that the people didn't need saving, God knew that the people's heart would be ready for saving. That's the part that Jonah missed. He didn't know that the people were ready. And, you know, as we go out and we pray our walk, you know, we're watering the ground. You know, we're sowing seed to the ground. And sometimes when you sow seed, it goes to the ground. You don't know what's happening to it. You know, if you come back the next day, if you're not careful and you don't know seasons and cycle, you could easily say that, what am I watering this for? I'm wasting my time. I'm not going to spend time with it. But as it is in the ground, it dies and then it grows. But it's only time. So as we go out, as we obey the call, we realize that we are changing things in the spirit. And the fact that we cannot see it doesn't mean that God is not doing something. Amen. From all that we said, we want to have a recap of what we've said so far. Our response is important and also powerful. It's crucial. It's the, it's the crucial step in walking and fulfilling the purpose of destiny. We realize that our response is important and powerful because it will help to change purpose and destiny or to fulfill destiny. Because what God has asked us to do, there are so many things in line. There are so many things that it, it's, it's like a chain. When you do what you have to do, 
one, one waters, one, one plants, one waters, and God gives the increase. So when you, when you do what you have to do, other chain processes also continue, and then the end result comes. Hallelujah. So it's important that we respond to what the Lord wants us to do, what we've been you know, recommissioned to do. We, you know, we are being recommissioned to go into the, into the um, community. We need to respond to this so that the end result will come. Because if you don't do what you need to do, there will be no end result. Hallelujah. Okay. We should also not hesitate. When we look at the life of Christ, the life of Jonah, um, um, Noah, realize that we don't need that hesitation in our, it will, in our lives. It will just set us back. It will just delay process. And things that has to be done in one year will take another 10 years to be done. And that's not what we want. Also, whenever we find ourselves in a situation that is difficult or we don't understand things like the, the life of Jonah, what he had to grow through, uh, when he, you know, instead of seeking help from the Lord or seeking understanding or seeking strength from the Lord, he decided to go his own way. When we find ourselves in that situation, we learn from scriptures, it's better to ask of the Lord. It says that ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. You know, we need to seek the Lord's face. We need to ask the Lord, God, this that you want me to do, give me strength. Or how do you want me to go about it? Yes. No, how do you want me to go about it? Because whoever has sent you knows more about the thing. God knows more about what he has sent you to do. But if you don't ask him and decide that, oh, it's difficult, so I won't do it. That's, that's a different thing altogether. Hallelujah. Um, when you look at Second um, Peter chapter 1, verse 10 to 11. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So why is, is the response so important? Why are we talking about response? I believe that it's a very crucial step that sets out a whole chain reaction. Because your response will determine what your next steps is going to be. So it's very important. It's like the foundation of where we are going. If the response is not right, if the response is not wholehearted, if the response is just a lip service, then we're not going to go anywhere with what God is asking us to do. So this morning, we just want to encourage you to get involved, to hear the call, to have the right response. Be an all-outer to what God is asking us to do, corporately and individually. So we can truly believe in God. We cannot truly believe if we don't have the right response. So if our father has something to do, if our father has plans for this world, his son's already set a good example of fulfilling that father's plan. Now that he's in heaven and he's, he's on the father's right hand, he sent us the Holy Spirit, he's empowered us, he's given us everything. So if he needs something doing, who is, good, who is he going to call? I can promise you, it's not going to be Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's you 
and me. And always our response should be, here I am, send me. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Great word. Just going to add a little bit. And this was Ezekiel's call. I'm not going to take away this one. I add this little bit. He says, See, he said to me, Son of man, stand upon your feet and I will speak to you. Do we know that God is speaking to us right now? He's speaking to us right now. We cannot get away from it. If you're a little bit deaf this morning, just let you know God is speaking to the house. I don't know where you might have been, but just in case you missed it, God is speaking to the house. And he's speaking specifics. He is focusing what he is saying, and he is not changing his mind. Amen? He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They they and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this day. So it's historical. It's generational. This is not a, we've been away from God for five minutes. This is, he is sending us to a people that have been obstinate and away from the Lord for a long time. The people who I'm sending you to are obstinate and they are stubborn. Say Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen... Or they fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house. They will know that a prophet has been among them. I'm not saying you're all prophets, but the Lord uses us. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you, and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious house. You must speak my words to them. Whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious house, but open your mouth and eat what I give you. The call is on us this morning. The call is on us this year. The call is on us right now. And what is our response? Are we going to be a rebellious house? You know, the one, I'm really glad Irene mentioned about Jonah. Because people seem to forget Jonah didn't run away because he was scared. Jonah ran away because he didn't want to do it. And in the actual fact, after the, the, very, the last bit in, in Jonah, he actually said, he prayed to the Lord. And he says, this is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. Because I knew that you'd be, you'd be gracious. And I knew that you'd be compassionate. And I knew that if you sent me, you'd heal them all. And I didn't want you to do that. It came out of a place of selfishness. No, I'm going to say this. The Lord is sending us to a rebellious nation. A rebellious people. But do you know who else are rebellious? We are. Because you know why? Because in this church, for example, we have been a church that is, we come in and someone worships and someone preaches and we have great conversation with people just like me. And we are all blessed. But what, when, what, what happens when God wants to send us to the undesirables? To the people who might smell a bit, have funny looking teeth, they swear a lot, they've got no airs and graces, they're loud. They're uncultured. They don't get church etiquette. Do you get me? Do you understand? 
It, what's in us? Is that stubborn and rebelliousness in us? Is that, what is, is that, if we look inside ourselves, part of the reason why we don't respond? Actually, it's not because I, I don't understand that the Lord is speaking. No, no, I know God is speaking. I just don't want to answer. Because I know what will happen if I go. It means I'm going to have to deal with people I don't want to deal with. It means I'm going to have to do things I don't want to do. If we're all a little bit honest... This is all a little bit what's inside of us because that is why Pastor Tony also said we have to change the culture of this house. And when a culture, you know, there are, there are, there are people, God is saying, do not be afraid of what people will say to us. Noah was not afraid. He didn't change from his focused plan. You know, when you, when, because God will give you the words that will cut. There are people out there that have got 30 years, four generations of hurt inside of them. But God has the word to break it in a moment. But we have to be willing to, first of all, speak that which God has given us to speak. To do that which God has given us to do. And that's a culture shift in us. And we have to believe that just as God as will break in a moment, can break a culture in those people, he can break it in this house. But he needs everyone willing to respond. So come on, let's raise to our feet. It's a great word we've heard this morning. I'm greatly encouraged, but I'm, I'm more than encouraged, I'm greatly challenged by it. Because, you know, just because I may be a leader in this house doesn't mean that it doesn't also impact me. We're all the same. We all have things that we, in our, in our flesh and in our emotions, we all have things that we like and don't like. We all have cultures that I don't, I like this part of my culture, I don't want to change it. I like this part of my house, I, I don't want to change it. But we have to accept that we have to go where God is sending us. We have to do what God is telling us to do. So that God can do what he wants to do. And we'll never see what God wants to do. I thought it was a great thing what Ralph said. When we do our bit, then God adds his bit. Because God always knows what he wants to do. But until we do our part, we'll never get to see the fullness of what God will do here. What God will do in this environment. And I know and you will know that all of us will go, wow, this is awesome. And we will stand in this place in awe of what God has done and what God is doing and then we'll continue to do. But this is the bit where we have to create momentum. We have to move from our static position and we have to be willing to move forward to that which God is saying. So come on, let's raise our hands. Father God, we thank you for your word that comes to challenge us. We thank you that you are speaking to us so clearly. We thank you, God, that just as we place our foundation in you, because you are a God that that is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Lord, we also accept that your word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So that which you are saying to us today will remain and will not change. And we thank you for the God. But Lord, we pray right now, let there be a deep, seated desire that is birthed inside every heart in this place. Father, as you speak to us from the Spirit, Lord, let our spirits receive and be open to you today. Let us become open to you today, Lord, for that which you are saying. For as we stand to our feet in our hearts, then we are able to hear our part in what you are saying. For So, Lord, I pray right now, burn the fire, burn the fire of change in us.
Burn the fire of change. Change will take different forms in every one of us, but it will create the same outcome. It will create the same Christ-centered nature in every single one of us. So my God, let Christ arise in us this morning. Let Jesus Christ arise in us this morning. Let the heart of Christ arise in us this morning. Lord, we don't want to be a rebellious house or a rebellious people, but my God, we will eat what you are giving us this morning. We will eat the word. Lord, let us receive the word that Ralph and Aaron have brought today. We receive the word to respond. Lord, let our response not be to to walk away or to not come, but let us be the all-outers. Father, give us a house of all-outers where we go, God, I take away my flesh, I take away my emotion, and I pursue you in my spirit, oh God. Father, come on, church. Say, Father God, if it's not in there now, it's okay, but just say to God, God, that's you know where I am right now. But help me to change. Help me to turn my heart towards Christ. Come on, we don't have to be Christians and pretend that we're all all outers right now. We're not, otherwise this house would be totally different. Let's be honest with ourselves and say, God, see me, here I am. Here I am, exactly as I am. Father, help me to change. Make me more like you. Give me the heart of Christ. Change my nature. Change my flesh. Make me more like you, Jesus. Make me more like you. Come on, just begin to cry that out. Jesus, make us more like you. Make me more like you in my heart, Lord. Oh, my God. So when I see an undesirable, my heart feels to them as you feel to them. Not as I see them, but as you see them, oh, God. As I hear the, as I hear the things that people say, I am not deterred by the, what they say. I am inspired by what you say. Oh, my God. Turn this house into a vessel for your glory. Turn this house to be a vessel, but turn this individual house here. Take your, take your hand on your heart and say, Lord, turn this house into a vessel for your glory. Make this house a vessel for your work. Make this house a vessel to do what you want to do, Lord. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven through me. Through me, through us, through this body of people. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you are steadfast. We thank you that you have already gone before us to prepare the path. We thank you that you have already prepared a path so our, our, that you have removed the stones so our ankles do not fall and trip and stumble. That you have made a clear path for us. We thank you, God, that we can have confidence in this path that we are walking down. That we have, that we have confidence. But Father, let obedience come in the house of the Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Father. We rejoice at what you are doing, Lord. As we leave this place today, my God, I pray that the Spirit, your Spirit will carry on working, working. And I pray, Lord, as we carry on obeying to the call of the Lord, you will, our hearts will change again and again and be more molded until we are a Christ-like people. Father, keep touching us as we keep looking to you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Ralph and Irene. Thanks, people.